Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Across the UK, online and on DAB. <laughs> Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. Femba can go to hell. Topical talk, outspoken opinion and inspirational conversation on the hour of Badass Power. Underwear, armpit hair, many imitators but no one compares. Minter, Campbell and Sexton are your all new Saturday night super squad. Badass Women's Hour on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. One, two, three, four. Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour. Three women, one hour, all the opinions we can muster and a whole load of badass here on Talk Radio. I'm Harriet Minter and I'm joined by my co-hosts Emma Sexton and Natalie Campbell. And we're here with you for the next hour, talking about all the news that's grabbed our attention, learning how to do some craft and make a living out of it, and of course answering your problems and our badass balls up. But we're starting with our news review and we're starting with, well, boots. We're angry with boots, aren't we, Nat? What's going on? I'm angry at Boots, we're angry at Boots because they are still charging women uh, an extortionate amount of money to buy the contraceptive pill even after they said they would reduce the price. So it's currently on sale um, for well over £25 and it needs to be dropped to about the £15 mark. So 130 MPs have written to Boots saying you need to sort this out now because it's only available at that price point in 69 stores and it's ridiculous. Why is I mean, it just change- so long? I was going to say. I like- keep saying, we, we can put a man on the moon. <laughs> we can change you the can't. tag price. Yeah. Change the price. I change the I price. I don't understand now. They're, why they're taking so long and why 130 MPs. Because just women. Only affects it. women. Just, you know, it's just the women again. So I find this just bizarre because actually the money I have to put is... £25? Pounds, £25? Pounds. Mm-hmm. It's a, like... It's For an emergency contraceptive emergency, pill. Yeah. Yes. I think how much, like, just reducing it by a tenner, how much that is going to save long term in terms of unwanted pregnancies, in terms of anxiety and stress and children that don't want to be born into this world. What are they doing? Boots, sort it There's out. There's no excuse. No, no excuse, excuse for no. that. All talk. God, these, P- these people love the PR, don't they? They want to ride on all these feminist stories and get the PR, and then they don't want to follow up with the action. And it was. It was, an, uh, you know, we're, mm. we're really looking at this. We're really sorry. What, yeah, this was maybe was. six months ago. This was over the summer, and it's taken this long for them to put this in place. And it's not because they can't. There's a, there's a markup on this. They're making a profit. So they just need to make the decision. That's what's annoying me the most. And they're coming up with all sorts of excuses as to why they cannot change the price. I'm just going to go in there with a marker pen. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, it's not that hard. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so uh, boots sort it out otherwise everyone's coming to get you <laughs> could i get arrested for that probably yeah, yeah. Uh, so our second story this week also concerns a chain of um pharmacies this time super drug we're not liking any of them i don't know where i'm gonna get my tampons from going forward over this. Um, but this is the news that zoella's calendar has caused outrage outrage advent calendar advent like, calendar okay. that's it yes not the actual calendar the advent calendar has called outrage because it was priced at 50 pounds when in fact it, when you added up all the goods within it it was worth about 20 quid <laughs> and everyone's hit back saying zoella you're supposed to be a role model for young girls how can you do this you're taking advantage of the 12 year olds that love you you're taking advantage of how devoted they are to you it's really unfair. She's come back and said, it's not me. It's the pharmacies. They do it. Superdrug Boots. It's their fault. They put the markup on. What do we think? Is she responsible for this? So Matt? can I say, firstly, so Boots have decided not to reduce the price of the contraceptive pill. But they're marking down Zoella's calendar by half price. So you can actually get it for £25 instead of the 50 Because some middle class mums were up in uproar. And this is what frustrates me the most. One rule for one thing, another rule for something else. On the actual business side of, of the Zoella um, advent calendar, as an entrepreneur, make a product, sell it at whatever price point you want. I think there's been a flaw in the quality assurance around this. I think there's been a, a flaw in the, her putting her name on things and potentially not looking at the market, looking at um, fundamentally the, the value that people think they're getting and it's slightly different because she's an influencer and I'm doing that with quoted fingers because people feel like they know her they people feel I was gonna like say, she's I, a friend I think you work into, walk into any shop there are hundreds of goods in there and I've been the sucker and I am the first person to buy something because of a brand and you know everyone's talking about well you know the cost of the products in it only came to £20 and she was selling it for £50 that is the power of the brand we do that all the time she is getting a particular hard time and I think it's really unfair and I do think it's about the fact that this sort of influencer um, sphere is a new thing and where before you had celebrities you know we were talking earlier in our production meeting about Katie Price you feel a slut and her producing um, lots of branded content that doesn't isn't necessarily yeah, but, yeah. value for money but you know brands are not about value for money um, but I think there is something with Zoella where these influencers you've, you don't feel like they're a celebrity there isn't that disconnect you feel like they are your best friend and she's just getting an awful lot of backlash and I just I think it's really really unfair so it's a really interesting thing as the member of the team who enjoys watching the Zoella videos <laughs> um, I really feel like I really know her I feel like I know what her house is like what she's doing in her work day what her relationship with her boyfriend is like and I know that from a 15 minute video of her 24 hour day but that connection is there. So I do, I would feel a little bit, I can see how if you're kind of 12, 13, I'd feel a little bit like I was being ripped off by a friend. But the reality is, it's that connection that has made her as rich as she is. Also, do we think there's a little bit about she's just got really rich and everyone just wants to bring her down to heel a bit? Not, a bit of jealousy. No, not, not for me. I, again, I'm like, charge what you want. If someone's going to buy it, you know, whatever. It's the I, you know, I gave it to them and they charged, you know, X amount. I that it's not my markup. No, there's a recommended retail price. Working with a supplier, there is no way you say this is the value of a product 
it goes on it goes on at wholesale mm-hmm. and they can chuck any old price on it and you do not know she knew and that's my issue stand up as an entrepreneur as a businesswoman and say maybe this hasn't been the best product based on consumer feedback it's something that i will look at in future and if people don't feel like the quality of the products in the calendar a 12-day calendar at that that's just a silly business idea <laughs> was 12, 12 days. days i mean there's, a, there's more days than day, that to it, christmas oh does she mean the 12 days of christmas then did she get confused i, I have no sure, idea either way bad business business <laughs> idea. i think it's interesting is like she's not a one a one woman band she's got a kind of team of about 80 people so she could have gone do you know what this was my screw up um i well this wasn't my screw up this was my team screw up somebody oh, she's, at that price screwed up. she's no. not screwed up she's not screwed up people are just responding to her badly she's not put anything out there that another brand or another celebrity has for some reason everyone's going no, for her. her consumer her consumer feedback i think I don't know any 12-year-old girls that have said that 50 quid is too expensive, but the consumer feedback has been this product isn't very good. Take that feedback and respond accordingly. Okay. What do you think? (laughs) Do you know Zoella? Do you watch her videos? I do. Maybe I'm the only 35-year-old woman who does, but I do. (laughs) Um, Tell us, what do you think? Bad business decision or was she just trying to exploit young girls? Tweet us at Badass Women's RHR and tell us. And our final story this week um, actually was written by the fantastic Alex O'Neill, who did our Backdated Badass last week, a few weeks ago. Um, And it's about being skinny and then getting pregnant and the interesting attitudes that come with it. Ems, what did you think of the story? Tell us. It's a really interesting story that I know will resonate with a lot of my friends and probably a lot of our listeners. You know, I think as women, we're grown up, we grow up with a lot of importance has been placed on how we look. And I think we can all probably, I know certainly when I look at my younger years, wasted an awful lot of my time and energy on being consumed about how I looked. Uh, And Alex talks about her journey with that and how, you know, quite obsessed with that she was. And then she became pregnant and how this has really helped her kind of change how she feels around her body. Okay, and we actually have Alex on the phone now to tell us a little bit about the article. Hi, Alex. Hello. So tell us, what, um, what prompted you to write this article and what have you learnt? Um, I think there are so many stories out there um, that you read about pregnancy and it's it's one way or the other. So it's like, I, I love my bump, I feel great, hashtag dress the bump and you're meant to be super proud of all these changes in your body. Um, and then there's the other narrative, which is I hate my pregnant body. I don't feel in control of all these changes around it. Um, I, I, I don't feel like myself anymore. It's hard to dress like me. And I think you rarely kind of see anything that's that in between that it's possible to feel both proud and ashamed of your body at the same time. Um, and I just wanted to explore that a bit more. So my th- thoughts reading through was, do you think you would have gone on that journey of thinking about your body and your relationship to being skinny had you not have got pregnant? I think at some stage I probably would have needed to address it. I mean, I had a bit of a 20-year obsession with being thin without really realising it was an obsession. Um, so I, I never died it and I was always a big foodie, but I had these very weird habits around food. Like, so I'd, I'd go to the supermarket and I'd check the baskets of the people in front of me and go, oh, did, did I pick something healthier? Or I used to imagine <laughs> that um, Gillian McKees would come around and do a spot check of my fridge. Yeah. I'd be like, does my fridge, is it, you know, does it cut the mustard? So I, food consumed my thought a lot, thoughts a lot. And I, I liked being a certain shape because I felt that it told the world that I was in control when mm. that wasn't the case at all. Um, so I don't know. I, in my 30s, I definitely started feeling better about myself. My, you know, I was where I wanted my career. I felt more confident. And 
being skinny definitely wasn't as much of a fixation as it was in my 20s. But I definitely think that pregnancy led me to explore that a bit more and kind of really made me question my relationship with my body. Alex, really quickly, do you think there needs to be more advice for pregnant women out there about this topic? I think so, yeah. I mean, I think it's it's such a transformative time. There's so much going on in your body for all of these hormones. Um, You know, you're knackered all the time. There's this little thing growing inside you that's like sapping all of your energy and taking all the good stuff. Um, And it really is like your identity is constantly in flux. So I think it would be good if there was some kind of advice out there. Maybe, you know, when you're going to your antenatal classes, people talked about body image a bit more. Um, And yeah, just about health and looking after yourself and... and how your feelings might change towards your body. Great. Thank you so much, Alex. That's in this month's uh, issue of Marie Claire, if you want to read the whole article. Uh, We're about to take a little break, but coming up, are you, like me, a dedicated Etsy fan? Is your house built from it? Mine pretty much is. Um, We have the women behind the brand coming in to tell us a little bit about life at Etsy. Across the UK, online and on DAB. (laughs) Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. On Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour. Three women, one hour. All the opinions we can muster and a whole load of badass here on Talk Radio. I'm Harriet Minter and I'm joined by my co-hosts Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. And this week in the studio, we are talking all things Etsy because we have the MD of Etsy UK, Annette Picardo. Hello. <laughs> and we also have Etsy seller Sophie Kemp, founder of Hopscotch, with us too. Thanks, Sophie. <laughs> uh, so... We haven't been talking about this, but it is it has been Global Entrepreneurship Week this week. Yes. And so we wanted to kind of talk about and celebrate some amazing women who are just making stuff happen by themselves. And Etsy is one of the best platforms to do that on. So, um, Annette, for anyone who doesn't know, tell us a little bit about Etsy and what it is, what it does, what we can find there. I yeah. know because my whole house is basically furnished from it. But yeah. Great to hear. That's good to hear. Um, yeah, so you're right. Etsy is very much a home for creative entrepreneurs. And we're an online platform um, for people who make goods as well as sell vintage goods to get started selling online. And we're a global platform as well. So you can sell to buyers in the UK and all around the world just by setting up one shop. Amazing. And Sophie, you are a seller on there. Tell us a little bit about how you started and what you make now and how it works for you. Yeah, sure. Uh, So when I left uni, um, I started making things and putting them on Etsy and realised that people were actually buying what I made, which was so exciting. Um, So then I was looking for the ideal candle and I couldn't find it. So I decided to just try and make one myself. Um, So that was a process, but I finally came up with one that I was really happy with, started selling on Etsy, and that's where Hopscotch, my brand, grew from. Amazing. Nat. And so, just to demystify this slightly for listeners, what does putting something on Etsy actually mean? Yeah, sure. So, um, in a nutshell, you can go to the sell page on Etsy. So it's etsy.com forward slash sell. So I would you, I would register a profile at that yeah. point. Okay. So you sign up. Um, you give some basic details, and then you add what we call a listing, which is about fourteen p. It's twenty US cents to get started, and that's where Etsy really is breaking through barriers for entrepreneurs because. You'd usually think, oh, to start my business, I need to think of a big business plan and get a loan from the bank. It's literally like a matter of pence that you set up your first listing. And that means that you're putting your product online and you upload images and then get started from there. 
and then I have a, a page and it has all my, my products on and then someone buy someone so someone goes to that page they see a product they buy it I get a notification and it means I can then ship it from my house to yeah, them yeah exactly and the vast majority of our sellers are operating either from their home or from their own studio about 83% of them and one thing that's also really exciting about our Etsy sellers is that in the UK 86% of them are women so again like quite different to your usual um, sort of stereotype I guess of an entrepreneur who might be you know male trying to get venture capital funding to be the next Mark Zuckerberg these are people who are building a business on their own terms and it's really flexible for them as well I think this is really important actually because I think people think exactly as you said to start a business you need a business plan you have to come up with a brand you have to come up with all of this stuff actually you need to have an idea of a product that's missing on the market and there are really simple ways for you to just test it out. Mm. Sophie, so when you when you set up Hop, Hopscotch it was, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. So before we start recording the show, you said that you're now actually working on this full time now, so it's making you enough of a living to, to work on it full time. Do you think that without Etsy, you would have your 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 brand now? Um, I would say Etsy is a massive part of my brand. It's so affordable and you're reaching a worldwide audience. You know, like Annette's saying, you're literally exposed to a global audience who can see your product, you can contact them, you can talk to them. You know, it's such a good connection between the seller and someone that wants to buy your product. It's amazing, which you probably wouldn't get from another platform. It's just fantastic. What have been the biggest lessons for you as a seller? How have you grown to the point where you can do it full time? Um, so I'd say the thing, the biggest thing that I've learned is how to expand production. <laughs> so to start with, someone would place an order and I'd be making a candle for that order. And that led to a lot of late nights, <laughs> um, a lot of stress. Um, so now I make big batches of candles um, of my beauty products. You know, so when an order's placed, I can send it out the same day and the customer can get it, you know, in a couple of days. So, yeah, that's my biggest uh Thing I've learned. And going back to the conversation we were having before, how do you quality assure all of the sellers that are on the platform? So how do I know that if I was putting a product up there, I'm, uh, you know, sitting alongside other great brands and, and products too? Yeah, sure. So we have um, about 45 million items that are listed on the site globally. So this is a big challenge for us. We want to make it as open as possible. You can get started really quickly. But we also have systems in place that make sure that we can track down people, for example, who are operating fraudulently, mm -hmm. people are operating with commoditized goods, identify them with our systems using technology, and then make sure we reach out to them, you know, and and make sure that the marketplace is operating to our values of handmade and vintage. And is it a, is it a community within itself? So can I meet other sellers? And because again, you know, running a business can be lonely if you're doing it from home. So is there is there a facility to kind of connect with others? Yeah, sure. I mean, I can I can speak from overall. I'm sure Sophie will give her story as well. But um, what we have, which is quite unique to Etsy, is called Etsy Teams. So across the UK, we've got, as of the end of last year, 150,000 UK sellers. Yeah. And we've got over a thousand teams all across the UK. And these are self-organised groups that are in your local community and provide support exactly as you say, like you're in your studio or at home, you're quite often on your own. This allows you to connect with people in your local community whether it's for support just social interaction as well as workshops and education and we also run events with teams like Etsy Made Local which is happening the first weekend in December so the community is really a big part of Etsy. 
So yeah. did you find that you got advice and guidance and that sort of thing from people who are already doing it? Totally. And that is such a massive part. Like you were saying, it can be really lonely being an online seller, but having this community of other sellers is just fantastic. You know, you can have a problem with, I don't know, a customer who might, you know, their order hasn't turned up in time. You can go and speak to another seller who might have had a similar problem and they can help you out. It's so fantastic. And actually, some of my closest friends now are sellers who I've met through Etsy or doing events and markets. It's just such a great community. And one of the things that I um, remember about Etsy that I thought was so interesting was a few years ago, um, your CEO actually launching a program to get more female developers into tech because they realised that actually sort of 94% of your consumers are women, 89% <laughs> of your sellers are women. And they looked at their tech team and they're like, oh, it's just guys. Maybe they don't always know the right thing for the women. Have you found that actually because it's such a kind of, I guess, a female-led brand in a way because it's your, all your consumers are women how many of your sellers are that you really you work with guys who really try and understand it from women's points of view as well yeah and this is a subject close to my heart because I trained as an engineer originally and always got told oh but you're a girl <laughs> which is always, like, quite surprising for me to hear I'd never thought of it like that until I heard that coming back at me did you just want to say and, and you're a boy <laughs> yeah it's like great I yeah, yeah. got it <laughs> that. thanks for letting me know um, this is something that is definitely a, a dynamic across um, tech companies and the industry as a whole and um, a big part of what we do to make sure we're connecting with who our customers are and that is buyers and sellers is to always talk to them directly and so research is a, is a, a big thread across all the things that we're doing when we're launching new features on the site when we're launching new programs we'll put them in front of real buyers and sellers and get their feedback directly so we can hear you know how does this work for you take me through how you manage your shop like how would this feature help you and so in that way we're hearing it right from like right from the sellers and from the buyers that make sure that we make the right decisions for them and for both of you what's the big ambition so what's the big ambition for etsy where where do you want to take it to as a, as a business in the same for hot for hopscotch what's the big ambition yeah, so for my team based in the UK, our mission is to build the brand of Etsy so that everyone's thinking about buying from small businesses. You know, for example, it's Christmas coming up. That's a really important time for our sellers. So we're trying to do all that we can to connect the, our sellers with buyers by building the brand and also building the community, the teams that we mentioned, and getting Etsy out there so everyone's thinking about it and thinking of setting up their own shop as well because it, it's so open. Sophie, what's for you? Yeah, I would say my plans are to obviously grow my brand. You know, it's grown so much so far in three and a half years and I'd love to grow it further, you know, get it into more shops, more people's houses. I'd really just like to spread the product and the message that's behind it, really. Did you think when you started out that you would be doing this full time, that this would now be your career? Was that the plan or was it just like, oh, it's just a bit of extra money? Well, I kind of just started it out of uni and just thought I've got nothing to lose. I might as well just try it. Mm. So I tried it and it worked and people <laughs> were coming back saying, I love your product. And that is such an amazing boost for something that you've made and created. Like, it's fantastic. Um, and so it just kind of grew from there, really. And yeah, we can do it full time now, which is amazing. Um, yeah, Fun. very short commute. And if people, <laughs> if people want to find your product, Sophie, where should they go? Yeah, so they can go on Etsy and search Hopscotch London or hopscotchlondon.com. Brilliant. And um, Annette, if people want to sign up to Etsy, where should they be looking? What should they be doing? What are the first steps? 
Yeah, so all you need to do is go to etsy.com forward slash sell and you'll find all the information you need to get started as an Etsy seller. And etsy.com is the destination for everything that you might need um, around Christmas time, particularly for everyone on your list. We've got over 3 million items just from UK sellers. Wow. So you can you can purchase from people in the UK as well. Fabulous. And um, Annette, I think you're going to be staying in to help us with our badass balls ups. Uh, she's looking a little bit shocked, but she is. <laughs> because that is what is coming up next. We are going to be talking about what to do when you are being worked to death. How can you cope with it? Uh, we're also going to be looking at what happens when your best friend turns into the bride from hell. So stay with us here on the Badass Women's Hour. Across the UK, online and on DAB. <laughs> Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. On Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour. Three women, one hour, all the opinions we can muster and a whole load of badass here on Talk Radio. I'm Harriet Minter and I'm joined by my co-hosts Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. And this week as well, we are delighted to be joined by... Annette, Annette Picardo, sorry, I had a complete blank on how to pronounce your surname for a second. Annette Picardo, <laughs> uh, MD of Etsy UK, and she is staying with us very bravely for our badass balls up. <laughs> the part of the show where we try and solve your problems, where we bring all our experience, wisdom, lessons learnt, mistakes made really awkward situations that happened <laughs> and apply them to your lives. <laughs> I don't, just don't know why we thought this was a good idea. But anyway, uh, Emma, you're going to kick us off this week. What is the problem you've got? Yeah, I've got a really good one here, actually, from Victoria. This came via our Facebook page. She says, I recently took on a new role and I am now six months into it, but the workload is insane. I'm working later most evenings and it feels like it's taking over my life. But what I'm trying to work out is, am I doing more than one person's job? Or am I perhaps not being as productive or efficient as I could be? How do I know? Do you have any tips? Ooh, Very good question. question. Very good question. Because I do think when you start a new job, you do become a bit all consumed by it because you have to learn, right? Any new job, you have to learn the ropes of the company, what it is they want you to do, all the systems. There's so much to learn. So it can feel like you are sort of trying to catch up the whole time. But there also has to come a point where you go, okay, well, now I need to get some sleep. Mm. 
Um, and now for you, you work obviously for a big multinational company, so you're dealing with time zones as well as everything else. Yeah. How do you <laughs> how do you find the difference between being productive and not knowing where the working day starts and ends? Um, well, I can definitely identify with the feeling of there's so many things to do and I don't know where to start sometimes. And one bit of advice my boss gave me actually was trying to work out what are the things that you uniquely need to do in your role and how can you get support from your broader team or you know whether you've got people working and they report into you or across with peers um, that you can get support as well. So I think prioritization is a big part of that and working out what are the things that are important and urgent and try and structure your your list your to-do list um like that and then where there are things that you can't cover and you know there's only so many hours in in the day um that you work out how else things can be covered and get support from your manager as well and so they're they're sort of across all the things that you're thinking about and that you are considering all of these things and you're not just not doing them yourself which you know that it can feel like you can be insecure when you're first starting a job you want to get your reputation they don't know what you're like so if you're keeping an open conversation going with your manager and looking at how to prioritize and getting their buy-in for that that would be my advice i think that's a really good advice nat what would you do so off the back of that, I would recommend reading uh, Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, where it has the urgent and important matrix in it. And it means that you can start to look at the tasks you have for a week and put them into sort of not important, not urgent, urgent and important. And it, you, you should get to a place where you can see what tasks are both urgent and important and then focus on those first thing. As soon as you get to the desk, do three of those things and just see if you feel less anxiety, see if you feel like you're getting through more of your, your workload. And if you're still there at, at seven, eight o'clock and you haven't finished, that's when you potentially need to have a, a sit down with your, your manager or people in your team and just say, how are you guys getting through the rest of the working day? How are you getting through these tasks? I think that's really interesting because that actually feeds into something that somebody once told me, which is um, that we have stuff that we love and we're good at, stuff that we're good at, but we're not that interested in, stuff that we really love, but ultimately if we're being honest, we're not the best at it and stuff that we're not good at and we don't enjoy. And on your to-do list will be things that fall into all Mm. those categories. And really, you just want to be focusing on the stuff you love and are good at and everything else can be delegated. Also, I would add that probably if you did about 30, if you failed to do about 30% of your to-do list no one would notice yeah, there's always things that fall off it aren't there yeah always always and nobody most notices most of it in my case <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my badass balls up this week comes from Eliza via Instagram and she says this oh it's so funny this one my best friend is getting married and I couldn't be happier for her I've known her since we were only five years old and I absolutely adore her partner obviously she asked me to be her maid of honour and I accepted without thinking about it twice we're best friends however I did not predict what happened next. Over the weeks, she turned into a true bridezilla. From almost shouting at the florist over flower arrangements on the wrong shade of purple, to asking her own sister to lose weight as she wouldn't look good in the bridesmaid's dress, (laughs) she is a nightmare. What can I do? I wanted to have a special day, but she is just plain rude. Please help. Wow. I mean... So I had to laugh at this because I do think... Sorry to all my friends who've got married. Don't listen to this. (laughs) But I I haven't yet met a bride who hasn't at some point in the process 
gone a little bit cuckoo. Pretty stressful thing, though, organising. I think you have to have a little bit of sympathy in terms of... It's a big deal. You're organising a massive event for 200 people. Anybody who's in the event business would be like, that is a big deal. <laughs> that is my full-time job for X amount of days. So I think there has to be a little bit of empathy, but it's so hard because, you know, it's a big, important day for her. And, like, normally you wouldn't allow that behaviour, but I think there's a bit of me that'd be like, well, I think I might just let it go on this one. Matt, would you let it go or would you say something to her? No, I'd be like, I'd find a naughty step kind of option. <laughs> I'd maybe sit her in front of a mirror and be like, mate, sit here and look at yourself until you find who you were before this whole wedding malarkey started and get back to that person pronto. Because this shouting at people is not going down well and we're not going to be friends if you don't sort it out. And I'd just leave it at that, really. Annette, could you do that? <laughs> um, yeah, I was thinking about my own experience because like most of my 20s and early 30s, I was the person sort of, you know, being the support organizing the Hindus and yeah. all of that and then I got I got married myself last year and realized exactly what you were saying that that when you're the star of the show and the main event organizer it, it is quite stressful and my advice to people now is just remember how you want to feel afterwards and what you want the day to be about and just remember that like just make sure you have your day and that experience of the the last build up to the day and when you're with all your friends and family is just being in that moment don't think about the details there's a point at which you just need to 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 cut things off and just you know what will be will be and so you remember it as as a happy day and that you're not thinking about you know when's the cake meant to arrive and when are we cutting it and are we on schedule if i was getting married i would use this as an excuse to be a bridezilla i'd be like it's my special day (laughs) i would be a nightmare but i'd love every minute i do that every monday (laughs) that's true that's true (laughs) and i think the reality is she will go back to being your best friend after the wedding she really will so just hold on in there if it gets too much, say something. But know that the end is nigh. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and our final question this week. Nat, you've got it. What is it? Emma on Twitter asks, uh, My therapist suggested I do some crafty activities to release some stress since I have a knee injury and have to give up sport for a few months. At first, I was really excited. I bought magazines, watched YouTube tutorials. Uh, but then I realised it costs a small fortune to get all the things I need to get started. Do you know any cheap ways to do some DIY or should I just give up and start one of those colouring books everyone seems to love. (laughs) Is it time to get the colouring crayons out? Annette, this has to be your area. (laughs) How do we get started if we want to be a bit crafty? Where's the starting point? Well, I would say to to get crafty, you can you can start with without purchasing anything because there's things around the house. We all remember the old days where you know Blue Peter, the they, Blue Peter, <laughs> rocket, the Blue ship. Peter <laughs> rocket ship with the the washing up liquid yeah. bottle. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't go as far as that. That's not necessarily everyone's cup of tea now. But one thing I really enjoy when I'm not at work is just doing things to to my home, like whether it's rearranging furniture or like making bits and pieces that are to to decorate the home and. Obviously, at Etsy, we we love for people to if they if they are looking for that kind of outlet to to sell those online, and it can do, it can develop from there. But we do hear from a lot of our sellers that that's it is really helpful from a mental health point of view. So where people will choose to start their business as a as a creative outlet, it also helps to just detach from you know the daily grind of things that are going on and and enjoy that creative side. Emma, are you, because you, you are creative, are you, do you make stuff? 
I would say I'm not really a creative. I am a designer. So I, I'm i not very good at craft. I never do anything like that because I, I have my brain is wired to always have a purpose in everything that I'm doing. And for me, in a way that craft or art, I don't know, it's just there's no brief for me. There's no problem for me to solve. It's just a thing mm. to do. So I'm rubbish. I don't do anything craft. I don't even cook. I can't even cook because <laughs> it's the same principles. It's like I it feel like Emma needs like a, like a relaxation outlet please tweet us ideas <laughs> a massage will do <laughs> but I'm thinking about setting a shop on Etsy now yeah, yeah. Like I was doing the same thing I was like, what can I like, start yeah, making exactly. <laughs> so one suggestion I did have which is ironic because I am the least creative person in this room but I've got this suggestion which is it's autumn the go out for a walk and you will gather the most amazing stuff you can gather pine cones you can gather leaves you can gather all this beautiful stuff and I have you can make the most amazing autumnal wreath from it it's beautiful Aww. it'll cost you nothing Thing. Can we just say, Harriet's just got a dog, so she's clearly going for lots of yeah, exactly. walks. And you've been inspired. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so that's my suggestion. But also, the other thing is, I think you can spend so much money on these things. Nat, do you find, is there like a starting point? Because it's kind of like starting a business, right? You could throw money at it. How do you decide, I'm only going to spend this and this is what I'm going to do? Well, you're, you've asked the wrong person here because I am someone that's like, I'm starting something new. I need a new diary. <laughs> I need candles. I need to wallpaper the room. I need a new desk and chair. And I swear I will go and get all of these things. So wrong person. Um, but I think specifically here, maybe start with clothes. Maybe mm. realter some of your clothes, you know. Put Great a skirt idea. together with a top, turn it into a dress. I don't love know if that. that's therapeutic. But. I love that. No, a bit of restyling. Yeah. Never hurt anyone. <laughs> um, do you have some, are you crafty? Do you have some great ideas that can help our listener with what she should be doing? If so, tweet us at Badass Women's Hour, HR at Badass Women's Hour, or come find us on Instagram, Facebook, all the socials. Um, come tell us, and tell us also your problems, because we love to hear them. We want to help. Sometimes we don't have the answer because none of us are crafty and we don't know where to start. But I'm definitely crafty, but not for the reasons we're discussing today. But we do like to try. So come tell us your problems. And we'll be here after this little break talking about an amazing, incredible woman who is our backdated badass, a woman from history you absolutely need to know about. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. On Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour. Three women, one hour, all the opinions we can muster and a whole load of badass here at Talk Radio. I'm Harriet Minter and I'm joined by my co-hosts Emma Sexton and Natalie Campbell. We're coming towards the end of our show, but before we do, we have an amazing badass from history that you need to know a little bit more about. And this week's is brought to us by Leah Satter, Design and Brand Manager at Make Your Words Work. Hi, Leah. Hi guys, hi everyone, and congratulations on your 100th show everyone. Oh, oh, we haven't talked about that, but we will do. Um, (laughs) Sorry. That's all right. Leah, tell us, who are you talking about this week? Um, Why is she amazing? So, I'm going to be talking about uh, Fatima Jinnah, the sister of Muhammad Ali Jinnah, the founder of Pakistan. Um, She's not really spoken about as much as her brother, but in her own right is phenomenal and described as one of the most powerful women of her time. And tell us a little bit about um, her background, where she grew up, what her upbringing was like, that sort of thing. Yeah, so she was one of the most central and most inspiring characters in the story of Pakistan's birth. And there's not really much about her personal life other than that she's 
sort of born in the late 1800s. She was the youngest of seven and her brother was the eldest. Um, and she studied dentistry at the University of Calcutta. Um, but during the sort of like British Raj and all that sort of before the partition, um, she was really sort of pivotal in supporting her brother in creating Pakistan and then creating a really safe place for Muslim women within the new country as well. Um, so she's super inspiring and just like she's just been loved and celebrated throughout the masses and was a political companion throughout the whole Pakistan movement. And not only that, she was just a determined women's rights activist and qualified dental surgeon, just everything rolled into one. She's just amazing. <laughs> and what did she specifically do around women's rights? What were her what were the issues that she campaigned on? So she was um she, set, she co-founded the Pakistan Women's Association, which played an integral role in the resettlement of the women's migrants in a form, new formed country. Um, but in terms of like the sort of t- the context of the era, like it's still very patriarchal um, and quite misogynist, really. And she just kind of stood up for that and made sure women had a place there. And in terms of her role as well, like being quite vocal, like politically, she made sure she really like stood her ground and didn't let people walk all over her um especially sort of like uh in that era it was quite tricky but i think she's just she didn't care she just said what she thought she yeah and she did what she wanted to do um what i've just been reading about her after her brother died she was basically pushed aside she wasn't allowed to speak nobody was allowed to kind of interview her or talk to her she was almost censored is that right yeah and she actually wrote a book um, and the book was censored as well and it wasn't published until 32 years later after she died um but she did come out of sort of not really exile but she was sort of um more politically active when there's another i'm not really too political myself but i think um, there's another guy who came up um about and she wasn't too fond of what he was saying so she did come out of sort of exile and was really vocal about um the position of Muslim women in that sort of uh, political movement. So she made sure that she kind of wasn't sort of pushed aside as where she was after her brother died. Um, but even after when she was when she was well when she passed away in the sixties, they didn't really know whether it was sort of. Um, well, they didn't really know how she died, and there was loads of inquests into how it happened. But the government really like quite quite quickly shut it down. So it's quite controversial about sort of surroundings of her death but she was so celebrated like over like half a million people came out to her funeral which proves how loved she was and how did you come across her leah i so i'm from pakistan and i've always known about her brother um in every single picture that you kind of see in like like history books it's always her brother but if you look in the wider context she's always right beside him she really was literally his confident and she really helped create the movement that was to create Pakistan and separate it from India. So she was really pivotal in that whole experience. But I guess she's in her brother's shadow the whole time. She, she deserves her place and she deserves to be spoken about just as fondly as what he is as well. I think it's really interesting that she, again, is an, another badass woman that's also a polymath, so in being a dental surgeon and a biographer, but then also becoming a, a stateswoman. This thing is these amazing women that have multiple careers. They don't just do one thing or even excel at one thing. They, they, they kind of have to become an every woman. Yeah, and they just seem to put themselves out there, don't they? It's yeah. sort of a repeating pattern that we're seeing now as well, is that these people are just brave. They're just yeah. like, I'm just going to go out there with what I believe and what I think and, mm-hmm. and make some stuff happen. Mm-hmm.
Fabulous. No, definitely. But I think it also as well, like in the sort of era, what the sort of stereotypes against sort of South Asian women is like the homemakers, they're quite oppressed. But she wasn't any of that. She really showed what a, what a Muslim woman, what a South Asian woman was. And that's why I really admire her. Um, she wasn't going to sort of be battled down by the patriarchy. She fought her mm. way through it. And I think that's one of my favorite parts about her. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for introducing us to her and sharing her story, Leah. It's been lovely to hear more about Fatima Jinnah. And um, if you have a backdated badass that you would really love to share with us, if you've got a woman from history that you think both me, Nat and Emma need to know more about and also every listener, um, do tell us. Tweet us at Badass Women's Hour HR or find us on Instagram, Facebook. Come and tell us because we're always looking for incredible women that we need to give some publicity and love to Mm. and learn from as well. Um, so it is nearly the end of the show. Sad times, leaving the show. But as Leah said, it's quite a special one for us because this, if you listen on the podcast rather than on the radio, if you listen on the podcast, this is actually our 100th podcast episode. I can't believe that. I've got music playing yeah. in my head that yeah. you can't hear. Yeah. It's a happy birthday song that we won't do because the royalties are ended. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's our 100th podcast. And so big thank you to the fabulous team at Talk Radio for supporting us and letting yes. us do that. Um, and thank you to all for listening and if you're not already subscribed to the podcast you should be because there are little extra bits on there for you as well but before we end this show Nat we have our badass principle of the week what is it? The badass principle this week is start something obviously inspired by the fact it's Global Entrepreneurship Week and um, Etsy if you're sitting at home thinking I really want to start this business start it in your five to nine come home start making get crafty chuck it up on etsy obviously it needs to be good think about your price point not too expensive <laughs> and just give it a try don't be inspired by zoella though and put a 12-day advent calendar on there for that Ems, <laughs> <laughs> um, what is start something for you well i think that's the thing about entrepreneurship there's this like so many I meet so many people who are really keen to start their own thing um, and they're you know you, you look out there and there's so many different businesses and entrepreneurs and they're all at different stages of the journey and you can't possibly compare yourself but you kind of you kind of do and that can hold you back and I think what I've learned is you just have to start and you have to put yourself out there because it's all part of the journey is is learning so I would say start something is really important like just free yourself and experiment put something out there I don't know whatever it is a crafty thing I don't know something made out of leaves that you found in the park see what happens <laughs> I love that idea of just experiment because that for me is what start something is it's just start something have an experiment have a play around you're not committed don't have to keep it going just enjoy it and try something new um, although for 2018 I'm going to have to take finish something as my mentor <laughs> I'm very good at the start something love not it. quite as good at the finish something <laughs> but yeah if you are starting something and you want some help do you kind of come and find us because we love to talk to people that have brilliant ideas that do new things if we can help you we will always try to so you can come find us on twitter i'm at harriet minter nat at nat d campbell and emma at emma sexton um or come talk to us as badass women's hour so we are on twitter at badass women's hour hr or on facebook or instagram or we have a snazzy website the badasswomenshour.com and no the I don't know why I put that in badasswomenshour.com um, and you can sign up for our mailing list there because we love to talk to you wherever we can um, of course check out the podcast there's a hundred of them a whole hundred <laughs> so lots to listen to lots of backdated episodes and we will be here again same time same place with the Badass Women's Hour 
across the UK, online and on DAB. <laughs> Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. On Talk Radio, she'll get you talking. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.